Hello and welcome back to the Peaceful Body Podcast. I am your host, Anes Bai, and today I'm going to be talking about how not dieting and accepting your body as you are is actually a really radical movement. I've been speaking about this a little bit on my Instagram. My handle is Anes Bai. If you don't already follow me, I would absolutely love to see you there. I literally post on there. Every single day, I'm always giving away so much juicy content and keeping you up to date with what I'm doing day to day as well. So I'd love to have you on the gram and we can hang out there. Um, But I did a couple of posts about how accepting your body without dieting or without exercising for punishment and just like living your life and eating whatever the fuck you want is so freaking radical. And it's radical because of the society that we live in. We live in a society that is built on so many systems that keep minorities oppressed and basically allow white men the most privilege. And now I do want to say this with a caveat. Of course, I have so much privilege. Like I have lived in a developed country, in a high socioeconomic affluent area. I am also white. I am a female. I am cisgendered. I'm also quite thin by standards as well. So I want to really acknowledge my privilege, but I want to also make sure that I'm using my platform to educate and to share the learnings that I have recently come into as well as I keep diving. And and to be honest, this work was kind of triggered by the whole Black Lives Matters movement of understanding the fat phobia and this need to be skinny and thin and white and you know it's all that's represented in the media and so I'd started to research a little bit more about this and it's going to be an ongoing project for me because honestly there is so much to unpack here and I've spoken before on the podcast about fat phobia which is basically the stigma against people that are fat and a lot of the times we have so many pre-assumptions about what it means to be fat right so often we think if someone is overweight or obese or fat or has extra body fat which we you know all inherently do but if someone was in a bigger body the stigma and the judgment that is held up to them and the expectations that i that they are given because of their bigger body so what i mean by that is when you're bigger and you go to the doctors you're less likely to be taken seriously for your problems you're less likely to be given the same treatment as someone that's in a thinner body um you're much more likely to be like like to for people to come up to and be like oh you should be healthy or you should be doing this or you should be doing this you're more likely to be judged in food courts for what you're eating you're more likely to be judged when you go to the gym and all of those things and of course the thing is and when I speak to my friends about this or you know other people in the world about oh like you know we shouldn't judge people in bigger bodies most of us are like oh no I would never judge those people but then for example when it comes to talking about weight loss, a lot of them are saying, but you know, if they were thinner, then they would be healthy without actually questioning what that means. And then the really big question here is why do we think that people need to be healthier? Who like, why does someone in a bigger body owe you their health? And how can you possibly know someone's health purely by just looking at their body? You can't, it's literally a scam by the fitness industry. And if you could see me sitting, I'm like putting air quotes, which is basically just a weight loss industry, which is also another system under capitalism, which is creating a need for you to always be buying the next thing, the next product, the next thing, so that you're always buying and always wanting more and never feeling like you're enough just the way that you are, right? So if you create this need of always being thinner, that thinner is better, that thinner is in air quotes healthy, then there's always going to be able to, um, a market there to, um, for, you know, big corporations to keep selling to you and keep making more money. And guess who these corporations are run by? White men, cisgendered white men, right? And that's what they're all taking over the world. So the way that we can push back against this at a really, really local level is 
especially if you are like what I said, similar to me, a white woman, cisgendered in a thin body, the best way that you can push back in a really local and very immediate way is to just let go of this idea that thin is always better. No one, no one ever questions how healthy a thin person is, even though they might be smoking all of the durries, eating all of the pizza, doing benders, you know, they could be as much of a health risk to as, as anyone in any body. And they could also pose as much of like an economic pressure on our healthcare system too. You cannot know someone's health purely by their body shape. And what we learned at uni as well through multiple like a multitude of studies. For those of you that don't know, I studied as an exercise physiologist or four-year undergrad bachelor's degree, um, is that purely just by exercising, you can reduce all your risk of chronic diseases. So even if you don't lose weight, you suddenly become so much less of a burden to the healthcare system anyway. So that's why I constantly say that you cannot judge other people for being overweight. And just because you are overweight doesn't mean, or, or, you know, I feel like Lizzo was copying so much hate because she was um, promoting obesity, Are you kidding? Like, can you imagine doing those huge shows that she must do? How much her fitness, how high her fitness levels must be, how how strong she must be to be singing all the way through that, how many calories she would be burning. And not that it's about burning calories, but how much fitness she must have in order to be able to do the shows that she does. She would be so extremely healthy, way more healthy than most of us. If we look at like physiological markers, you know, in your blood and all of those kinds of things. So and, and also, again, then why is it up to Lizzo to be promoting health? She's a singer anyway. Um, and so she shouldn't have to justify herself. But these are the kind of things that people in bigger bodies are subjected to constantly. So as I was saying before, the best way that we can help do our part and also be really good feminists and and play a role in uprooting and dismantling systems of oppression that keep fat women, fat women or fat people in general, people in different body shapes, people of different colors of body shapes, because that's another thing too, right? Um, women of color or black women or black people, because of the way that their bodies are, they actually often get um, missed in terms of like being diagnosed with an eating disorder because they generally have like, say, for example, we use the BMI as a scale to see whether someone is underweight or at risk of being anorexic or having any sort of eating disorder. And their body shapes and their body physiology is so different to the white body, which means that when they get their BMI measured, which is such an archaic, outdated tool anyway and we really shouldn't be using that as a professional medical tool to diagnose people but however it is still used in our system because our system has flaws in it and that is why it's so important that we continue to educate ourselves and take responsibility for the knowledge that we have but basically when we apply that BMI to people of different backgrounds or different body shapes or different um, ethnicities that mean that their muscle distribution is so different it means that people women of color or people of color or black women or black people (laughs) black people in general slip under the radar because their BMI isn't low enough, but in actual fact, they have all of these really horrendous eating disorders and they're not able to get proper treatment for it because they can't be properly diagnosed. And it's horrible, right? So again, what can we do about this? Especially if you are someone that has been following the podcast, I'm assuming that you are someone that's privileged. You're listening to this on your phone. I imagine that you might be driving to work or to your job where you're getting paid, or maybe you're not, you know, even if you're catching the bus, like the fact that you get to be on public transport is a freaking privilege. The fact that you can walk around and not feel worried about your safety. Like most of the time I can, right? Obviously as a female, you do, there is a certain level of alertness because, um, you know, apparently men cannot 
control themselves. Well, not all men. Again, generalized sweeping statement. But it's not about the single man, right? It's not about the single white woman. It's not about those single um, examples. It's about the systems at a whole. So how can we, though, as a single person, push against those systems? We can let go of diet culture. We can actively push back against it. We can acknowledge that we do have fat phobias that are deeply rooted within us and that we do have these um, unconscious biases against people in bigger bodies. Like really, really question that. If you were someone that looked at Adele's weight loss and was like, oh my God, she looks so much better now. She must be so much healthier. You know, she was promoting obesity before she was bigger. That's fat phobia. She doesn't owe you her weight loss. She doesn't owe you her health. She isn't necessarily healthier just because she lost her weight. And these things are so ingrained in our society and part of the conversation that sometimes it does just slip through the radar. If you've been following me over the past couple of weeks or you attended my self-worth masterclass um, a couple of weeks ago as well, you'll know that I've become really obsessed with learning the proper definition about the words that I'm using because I don't just want to be running on automatic and saying things without actually thinking about what I've been saying. And that's led me to realize that so many of the words in my vocabulary were actually... um, derogatory or ableist language or putting people down without even realizing it just because it was easy to say or just because it's what I'd always said. So really, really acknowledge that, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes. And yeah, I say things because that's what everyone else says. And really acknowledging that diet culture and fat phobia is just woven into our social fabric so deeply that it's so easy to make these comments just so that you can fit in or just so that you feel like you can be gossiping about someone. But is that what you want your life to be about? Do you want to be making yourself feel better just by saying, oh, she's so much healthier now. Oh, she should be losing weight. Oh, she's so lazy because she's fat. You don't know that. And even if even if that person is lazy, why is that something that you need to judge them against? And why is that something that you need to now fix or that you know more about them just because you're not lazy? Like, you know what I mean? It's just really acknowledging that we we are all equal. Everyone is equal. Everyone deserves to live their life in the way that they want to. And so do you. You want to be given that privilege. And I want you to be empowered to have that privilege as well, to live your life in the way that you want to. And if we do not kind of do this self-inquiry and reach out and expand our horizons and ask these tough questions of like, okay, we may not like consciously be like, oh, I'm scared of fat. But if you're scared of gaining weight or if you're if you think that your body shape is going to define whether or not you're accepted, then that's inherently rooted in fat phobia. And a lot of the time we don't want to admit that because we feel like then we've done something wrong or we're bad people. But that's not what it's about at all. You can say something or have a belief and not realize that it was rooted in something that's oppressive or something that is um, derogative, right? It's just reminding yourself that sometimes you can make mistakes and sometimes you can say things or sometimes you might have a thought and that doesn't take away from your ability to be a good person. And the fact that you just own up to that and remind yourself that it doesn't take away from your worth actually allows you to then change and create a positive ripple effect from there. And it's so important to do this as uncomfortable as it can be, because here's why. Here is the really powerful reason why. If we never interrogate these beliefs, if we just keep running on automatic of what society expects us to do, to keep going to the gym to burn calories, to keep doing these eight week challenges, to keep dieting, to keep trying to buy these pills, to keep finding like what is going to get me the best body, to keep wasting all of our brain power on this pursuit of getting the best body or the rock hard abs or getting really lean and skinny. If that's what we follow and we keep following that without questioning it, without asking ourselves, well, is this something that I really want? want and then beneath that is this something that I really want or is it something that I've been brainwashed into thinking that I want whoa hectic 
Because if that's everything that you're consuming all day, every day, and that's all you're thinking about, what the calories are that you're eating, how many calories you're burning, whether or not you've gained weight, whether the food you're eating is bad, all of those things, if that's all you're thinking about, then you're not able to think about anything outside of that. You're not able to think, how can I leave the world a better place? How can I lobby for things like climate change and creating positive environmental change? How can I lobby for social justice and ensure that everyone around me gets equal access to all of these opportunities? How can I work on my own dreams? How can I figure out what I actually want? How can I actually figure out what my gifts and my passions are, right? If we are so focused on purely our body shapes, on dieting, on exercising for punishment, then we are not able to live up to our true potential. And that keeps us oppressed and that allows other people to take up that space. That allows other people to be successful and take those opportunities that are also right for the picking for us if we choose to see beyond just the body shape. If we choose to see beyond the fat phobia and thinking that, well, I can only have the promotion when I'm skinny or I can only have the relationship when when I'm skinny or thinking that the only thing we have to offer is our thinness, right? You are worthy of so much more. And this is the work that I do constantly with my clients of giving them the tools and the ability and the belief that you can actually work on your dreams, that you actually have other gifts and other passions than just trying to lose weight all the time. And when you figure that out, It is freaking powerful and you become so much more powerful and it is already within you. I can absolutely guarantee that. It just requires you to let go of what everyone else is talking about, what everyone else is thinking about and what you've been clinging onto for so long. And that can make you feel really exposed and really naked. If you have been for so long clinging onto this idea of like, well, once I get skinny, then I'll be a good person. Then I'll have the good relationship. Then my life will be amazing. To let go of that feels like you're letting go of everything you know, because it it has become a habit for you. It's become normal. And so stepping outside of that, especially when all of your friends are still talking about all of the diets that they're doing and they're talking about constantly wanting to lose weight and going to the eight week challenges, it can feel really, really triggering and it can feel like you're doing something wrong. But are you a sheep? Do you want to be a sheep? Do you want to just do what everyone else around you is doing? Or do you want to know what is true for you and what lights you up and what mission you have in this earth? Because every single one of us has the opportunity and the potential to leave a mark in a really positive way. And it doesn't mean that we all have to, you know, be spokespeople or thought leaders or, you know, protesters or leading the countries or anything like that at all. But when you find what you're passionate about beyond just what your body weight is, wow, you are going to live a life that feels so freaking good. And yes, it's still going to be challenging, but it also means that you can um, focus on other things than just your body weight is essentially what I'm saying here. Women, so often we'll talk about hating their legs or hating their bodies. And so it can really lead to us getting stuck in this constant spiral of talking about that all the time because it becomes a point of relatability. We feel like that's the only way that I'm going to be accepted. And heaven forbid, I say, no, nah, I like my legs. Or no, nah, I just go to the gym because I want to. Or no, nah, I'm not going to diet anymore. Right. If you actually said that to one of your friends when they were talking about this diet that they were doing, Think about how you would feel like I remember the first time that I was just like, no, I don't really want to lose weight or no, I don't really like believe in dieting. Wow. The pushback that I got, you know, and it it does, it feels naked. And especially if you're like me and I used to be so shy and so introverted, which you probably can't tell anymore, but this is the journey that I've been on from being someone that was so shy and always trying to get people to like me and always feeling like I was going to say the wrong thing to now feeling like I know what I have to offer. I know what I'm here to do. And I don't always see the pathway that clearly, but I know that I have more to offer than just my body weight. And I'm so freaking certain of that. And I know that every single one of us does. But when I first started in this work of letting go of constantly dieting, 
dieting, of letting go, of constantly measuring all of my calories, it did feel like I didn't have anything to offer. And so that is where it's really important to do this work on yourself. And to be honest, it's going to be a really good filtering system for those people that hang out with you for a certain reason, right? If people don't like you talking about not dieting or they feel like their feathers are ruffled or they feel like you're being too arrogant because you accept your body as the way it is, like they're not someone you want to be friends with. So that's what I mean. It's a really good filtering system to see if people are someone that actually align with your deep down values, because you also can't force people into this work, right? You can be really passionate about something and you can talk about what's important to you and you can, and and you don't have to be dramatic. You don't have to be like dieting is the end of the world and it's ruining people and being creating oppressive systems. You don't have to be like that, but you can just stop engaging in those conversations. And if someone is like, Oh, I'm going to do this diet or I'm trying keto, or I'm going to do this next eight week challenge. Stop taking that as a sign of, Oh, that's something that I should do too. Or, Oh my God, I'm going to fall behind or, Oh my God, I'm going to be the only fat person because firstly what's wrong with being fat you anyway there is nothing inherently wrong with it which is fat phobia right that right there that is fat phobia and then secondly just because your friend does a diet doesn't mean that you need to do a diet and I can guarantee you if they do an eight-week challenge all that's going to happen is they might go on some massive restrictive intense exercise regime for a while and then they're just going to go back to where they started so the way that you can actually be ahead of them is to start accepting your body is to start realizing what other gifts that you have within you and each and every single one of us has those gifts absolutely Um, and is to start just eating what you actually want, get back in touch with your body's natural signals. And then when you're not so focused on losing weight all the time, use that extra brain power to make a change, to create amazing things, to step into your true potential, which is so freaking possible for you. Secondly, I feel like a lot of us have this notion that if I'm not skinny or if I'm not losing weight, then no one will like me or people won't like me because of my body shape. Again, a filter system. If someone is only attracted to you because of your body shape, then they're not someone you want to be with anyway. Same with your friendship circles, right? And something I always say to my clients is people do not remember the way that you made them. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Start that again. People do not remember the way that you look. They remember the way that you make them feel. If you walk into any sort of situation and you just own it and you're excited and you're wearing clothes that are an authentic expression of you and you feel comfortable and you know what you have to offer and you know, regardless of whether someone talks to you or not, that you're freaking worth it. Oh, that is freaking sexy. So a really good point for you to reflect on is what would I do more of if I already accepted my body? How would I eat if I already accepted my body? How would I speak and communicate to others if I already accepted my body and start showing up as that version of you? This is actually something I'm going to be diving really deep into with my new program called the Abundance Method. So we're going to dive super deep into all things around body image, relationship with food, relationships in general, money mindset, because what I have really learned is that lessons and beliefs that we have around our relationship with food literally feed into every single aspect of our life. So we're going to go right down into the root of the cause and help you to figure out where your blocks are and so that you can start showing up as the version of you that's your fullest potential and get the most out of life. If you're listening to this episode live, I currently have an early bird special. So if you want to find out about this group program that I'm so excited to do, and it's going to be such community vibes, the women that are already a part of it are just like, such a vibe, such a vibe. Um, and also it gives you that space to unpack some of these beliefs surrounded by women that are also doing that so that you have that sense of relatability and you don't feel like you're doing the work on your own, which is so freaking powerful. But I have an early bird discount available until the end of this week. So that's going to be until the 20th of July. So if you'd like more information about that program, just send me a message on Instagram, DM me, and we can have a little bit of a chat, but I'm going to leave this episode from today. I would love to hear from you as always, if this episode resonated with you. 
If you could leave a rating and review, that would be freaking epic because it really helps me to keep creating more content, get more guests on and to keep, yeah, to keep showing up here for you. All right. I hope you have a great day and big love from me and Bye.